Hello and welcome to Music Rewind, a podcast where we look to tell the stories behind our favorite albums. I'm your host, Steve Epley, and in each episode, we invite a guest on to tell us about their favorite music album, how they discovered it, and what makes it special to them. Joining me today is producer, mixer, and engineer, Vago Galindo. A graduate of Berkeley College of Music, Vago is a two-time Grammy winner for his work with Juarez on the 2021 album Origin. Vago has a long list of musical collaborations and has also worked on film soundtracks such as La La Land and Beauty and the Beast. Welcome, Vago, and thank you for being on the show. Hey, well, thanks for having me in. It's a pleasure. You have the privilege of being the first of hopefully many Grammy winners on the show. I appreciate your time today. Oh, no, man. I'm excited about it. Excited to be talking about music. Well, let's jump right into this. What album would you like to bring to the table and what makes it special to you? Well, the album I want to bring in is Punisher uh, by Phoebe Bridgers. That album, you know, it came out during the pandemic and it, it was, I really, really like connected with it. First, the last song of the album, uh, which I think it's called I Know The End, you know, it's very like, it's very about the, the end of the world. So, so 2020, a song about the end of the world, it was very, you know, on I point. could see that connection. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was also, it's very like kind of dark and, and it kind of reminds me also to like, um, what's this guy? Tom Waits. I don't know if you ever listened to Tom Waits, but it's oh, kind of like, like kind of like murky, kind of like, kind of, you know, a like, different voice completely, but, a, but the same yeah. feel, definitely yeah, the yeah. same feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that kind of vibe, and I'm a big Tom Waits fan also. So it was like, I just really, really connected with it when it came out. How did you discover it? Were you a fan of her first album, or did it just kind of uh, come across it? Well, it came. It, I discovered it because one of my best friends, Leora, she uh, she was a big fan, and I didn't really listen. I didn't really listen to the first album, but but you know, she when this came out, she was like, "Oh, you really need to listen to Punisher. Like, you're gonna love it." And, you know, it was during the pandemic, so it, it was, we were, we were all in a weird, like, place. So I wasn't really listening to a lot of music because I was like, what's happening, you know? <laughs> uh, so when that came out, I was like, oh, my God, like, whoa, what's, this is amazing. Like, this is so cool and so inspiring. And it's kind of, because it's not, it's not a, I mean, it, it's a sad album, but, but I felt a little bit uplifted by it. I don't yeah. know if that makes sense a little bit because it's, it's such a, like this is the end of the world, and this is there's some songs that are like like Kyoto, which talks about her. It's kind of like a a blurb of of, of her just writing about an experience traveling um, abroad, but also she, she talks about her dad, her relationship, her relationship with her dad. So it's like it's just like very, it's a very interesting album. It's definitely one of those headphone albums. Yeah, there, there's a. Uh, it feels like nothing on the album is accidental. It's all been purposely every little blip. And every little atmospheric, you know, wind in the background is is on purpose. Yeah, and, and the the guitar sounds. Um, I I I rarely like hear something that I'm like, how do you do that? Like, you know, it's so it's such a weird thing now too, because everything you know we have, you know, technology is so accessible nowadays that you're like, oh yeah, I know how you did how you did that and how how this tone like this guitar tone or this drum sound came about, but. But in that album, also, like, the production was, like, really, like, amazing. Like you were saying, it's like they really taught it out. Different songs have different, they, they have different feels to them. I, I'll say that again. Uh, but, like, I've, on my notes, I put one song almost sounds like a Beatles song. There's another song that sounds uh, like, a, like, a, like a country song. Uh, th there's there's a de definitely a range in there. I'm not sure what she was going for as far as sonically. But it's definitely like a like a therapy album. Yeah, yeah. She's she was uh, putting her heart out there uh, on damn near every song. Yeah, and that's also what what I really like about because uh, what I really like about this album because it just seems like she's like being very honest about you know like what she's going through. Absolutely, uh, she she really puts a puts it out on her sleeve there. You know, there's like, like even the the intro. The intro just starts like very like it just feels like some something is waking up, but it's kind of like in a dark. Like the what, what's it called? The first song, a DVD menu, I think. Yeah, it's the like, first track is is DVD menu, and it's just this instrumental somber track. Just, it's 
it sets this kind of subdued tune tone for the album. Yeah, and then the second one, uh, the um, uh, uh, garden, garden song. song. It's all. It's like it's also very dark, but but it's also kind of like I feel like it. I mean, also the lyrics are like whoa, like. And when your skinhead neighbor goes missing, I'll plant a garden in the yard. Then they're gluing roses on a flatbed. You should see it. I mean, that... I put that in here on several tracks where she has such jarring imagery in her yeah in, yeah. in, in her lyrics, but then. A, a line or two later, later she'll she'll flip around and it's something uplifting, and it's very weird how she does that. She's talking about burying a skinhead in her garden, yeah. <laughs> and then you know a line later she's you know I, I I don't have the lyrics in front of me, but she's you know smelling the roses in Pasadena. Right, it's, it's like right. <laughs> one way, two far ends of the spectrum. It's it's pretty interesting how she can do that. And that's that's the thing I really like about that because it's like it's dark, but it's also again uplifting because it's like oh okay like. You're not saying this in a, how do you say it? like not not it's somber but but it's not it's she 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 doesn't want it to have an uh, the ending of of everything it's not somber ending. Yeah, th- I bet you there was times where a lot of these songs were full melancholy and they had to go back to them and be like we need to pick things up a little bit. We yeah, can't have eleven straight songs of full melancholy. Yeah, yeah, no, and I was reading an interview about how they, they were making the album. And uh, it's funny because all, most of the songs started off as ballads because, I mean, and they kind of they kind of sound like like ballads if you, mm-hmm. you know, then they were like, well, we can't have all, like, you know, all ballads on that. <laughs> it's one of, it's also like, I'm, I'm still very impressed because it's one of the the albums I, I still listen to it and I, I'm still like, like, I listen to it from the beginning to end. Nowadays, I feel like that's a, an oddity, you know? For me, I don't really... There's not a lot of albums I listen to from beginning to end, and I'm like, oh, like, I love everything that's on it. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Most of the albums that are brought to the table here, that is the go-to. Just these are these are the ones that you listen to front to back. Yeah. yeah. Even if there is a skippable track on its face value in the in the flow of the album, it's there for a reason and it fits, and it just feels the flow through the whole thing. Yeah. No, it's a. Uh, yeah, that's exactly how I feel about that, this album. Because there's a few tracks in the middle there that if I just heard by themselves, they wouldn't click with me. But in okay. in the flow of the album, they work. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I was actually thinking about that the other day before the, you know, before we had this interview. Because I was like, wait, which ones are the ones that I like really, really like? And which ones are the ones like, I want to give it a listen again to the ones that I might have not listened to because mm-hmm. obviously you know everyone has favorites and on everything so like there's like things like uh like pun- the song punisher to me it's like it's amazing also because uh that song talks about um this artist that i actually found out because of this song but um uh, this artist called elliot smith he lived in la i mean he he passed away a few years ago but but he wrote songs that are are very like um there's an area in LA called like Silver Lake Echo Park and his music like really sounds like that neighborhood, which is kind okay. of like interesting. But on Punisher, she talks about like, hey, like I don't like I've never met you. I don't I don't know who you are, but, you know, I just feel like I love you and we have this deep connection, even though, you know, you, you're no longer in this world. Yeah, I had to read about that one because uh, because <laughs> i will listen to the album while reading the lyrics and and afterwards it's like ah, i gotta i gotta know more uh so i i did you know look up elliot smith and uh, i saw that that's what it was about but i guess the term punisher is kind of a inside industry term for a super fan that won't go away yeah basically and so she's talking about being the punisher to elliot smith stalking him and you know in her mind wanting to linger you know, a little too long. Yeah, it's um, it's um, it's also funny because I bet there's a lot of. I mean, I bet she has a bunch of punishers. You know, it's, uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> oh yeah. So, uh, are you familiar with Twin Peaks at all? Of course. Yeah. No, that's Th- like this track was very Twin Peaksy to me. Wow. Yeah. That chorus was could have been played on any of those episodes. It had that, and I, I that's that's music I can't describe. 
<laughs> I, ha- I have no <laughs> adjectives that are proper for that, but the uh, that's what it felt. It was very Twin Peaksy. That's awesome. I, I, um, like Twin Peaks, it's actually one of my favorite TV series ever. Um, and I, I, you know, the third season came out a few years ago and I refused to watch it, to watch it for like a few years. Cause I was like, maybe I, what if I don't like it? Like, what if, what if like, this is, it's an experience to say the yeah. least. Yeah. And I think it came out in 2017. I finally watched it in like 2021 and, but I loved it. I was, I, I was. You know. I, I watched it when it came out. Um, I, I think I got Showtime specifically for that series oh. when it came out. And um, right. story aside, you know, there, I was deep into the rabbit hole in, in, right. in every every episode, every week. But the the soundtrack to that season was pretty great. You know, Eddie Vedder on there and uh, Cactus Brothers and, and several. Nine Inch Nails also, yeah. you know, it's like. That's the the soundtrack blew me. I haven't rewatched it, but I have the soundtrack and I've listened to that many times over. It it's surreal because, like for example, when uh, Nine Inch Nails is also one of my favorite bands. So when they they play there, I, I mean, I didn't obviously I didn't know they were gonna play, but I I saw it. And I was like, oh my god, this is so cool. And then I I heard the song. It's like, wow, this really doesn't sound like Nine Inch Nails to me. But but okay. And then I started reading about it, and literally David Lynch told them. I want Nine Inch Nails to play a non Nine Inch Nails song. Oh, really? And I'm like, oh, that. that's that's funny. Like, I well, that's 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 very David Lynch. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then the whole like, uh, how I forgot the name the the Woodsman or the the you know the there's an episode where all the zombies. Kinda, yeah, I don't know if they're zombies, but it's, it's know, the, episode eight, I think. Yeah, yeah, that one, and how the you know, Bob is created and all that. Mm-hmm. Like that was, yeah, that was the whole, yeah. Huh, that's funny that you relate um, Punisher with <laughs> doing things. That's awesome. Not lyrically, but sonically. Yeah, no, yeah. No, I, 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 I can, I can, I can imagine, you know, I, it, it's really on point. Like I, I really, like there's, makes completely sense. Yeah, because, yeah. Well, to can you down that trend, I mean, track five is Halloween. It was a very dark, dark and haunting but I can count on you to tell me the truth when you've been drinking and you're wearing a mask. Baby, it's Halloween. Yeah, that one. That one actually took me a a second to to really like. Um, but the more I would listen to it, you know. Well, this is this is that the start of that mid section of the album that to me, they like they all the songs go together, like tracks kind of like five through eight are all co- almost combined into a, a little mini vignette there. And it's, but, but then the, you know, the whole, um, what's it say in that song? Like, like I hear an ambulance waking me, waking me up at night and I hope like somebody better be dying. Cause they're like waking me. Like, yeah, it, it she, must be like you know, how she would think the dark joke of somebody better be dead to wake me up. Yeah. Which, you know, is, is a joke that any, you know, regular person might, might say or think, but then immediately regret it afterwards because you realize what you just said. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, you know, it's things that, that I feel like for me are, are very, very raw for her. Like, you know, it's something that, oh, well, this happened to me. So I'm, I'm like literally saying what, what I'm going through. Yeah, she seems to be, at least this track is a, is a dead relationship. And it's it's so lifeless that they can't even pretend on the day when everyone pretends about something which is right. which is pretty profound to put it that way yeah yeah because then on that song is the one where she talks about it the um that's also the uh, she's like there was a concert and a fan died during the concert oh, that, think, that's moon song that's moon song yeah, that's with, not halloween i think that was oh. moon song with the dodger fan oh okay my notes say that's moon song so my notes don't lie you know <laughs> they are infallible uh, and you know, I, I always thought that, you know, Halloween, you can dress as whatever you want. You can be whatever you want, you know, that, that always, but whatever relationship she's talking about is what's the point. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody else is pretending for fun. We can't even pretend for real. Right. <laughs> but yeah, that one took me a second. And, and the more, cause actually 
the way I listen to to music, at least how I started listening, like I think since I've, I've you know since I was very young, I I didn't really put attention to lyrics initially. So when something catches my ear, and I start like actually you know reading the lyrics and like trying to to make you know uh, a meaning of, of the song, it's uh that's when I know when some like I really like something because because it's like. I usually like my first thing is is listening to you know the the arrangement or 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 the melody. But again, this album is one of the things you wait. What is she saying? Like, what's going on here? Like, you're what? <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, I think I'm pretty similar with uh, in, in how I grew up as far as how I listen. I'll you know, just enjoy the song. The lyrics are there unless they jump out at you specifically, and then I would be the one with cassette tapes and the fold out. After you know, going going line by line through you know Billy Joel lyrics and and stuff, it was um, almost like a process. Yeah, and eventually you get to the lyrics. Yeah, and that's uh, during also during the pandemic, I started listening to. I was never a big fan of Bob Dylan, but then I realized, oh, actually, it's also because because he's a you know he's a writer, so you should actually listen to the put attention to the lyrics. Yeah, he's almost a, a poet first, musician right, second. Right. Right. So, so during the pandemic, a very good friend, he's like, do you like Dylan? It's like, and he's like, no, no, you should like, like really like sit down and listen to Bob Dylan and, and actually list, like look at the lyrics so you understand what's going on. I keep saying I'm going to dive into that catalog and I just I can't have time <laughs> for it. I like old Bob Dylan quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't finished everything because it's just a lot, but I, it's a I, big uh, catalog. Yeah. Yeah. I have listened to the first four albums and I was like, okay, like now I get it. Like I get, I, I understand. He's a poet, like mm-hmm. you said. Uh, there's the, well, there's also the big one here for me that, which is Kyoto, which. Yeah. Kyoto. Um, that was a, a standout for me. I liked that one a lot. Yeah, yeah, that one, because it's like you know, day you know, it's very like kind of like childish in a way. It's it's up, an upbeat kind of indie style rock tune. Yeah, and yeah, and it highlights her voice a lot. Her voice is beautiful in that song. Yeah, and then you know, and then she goes like, "Hey, I want to kill you if you don't beat me to it." Like it's like, wait, what? Like, weren't you like talking about being in Kyoto and having a? Well, it's a it's a common theme on the album where she does things or thinks things on impulse and then yeah either immediate kind of like second thoughts or i'm not i don't want to say regret but just you know rethinking what she was saying or doing because she's getting older to go back to garden song uh, there was a, a lyric i liked it was uh when i grow up i'm gonna look up from my phone and see life right and that's that's such a great line yeah things like that and, and that is it's a repeated theme throughout the album as far as yeah, I'm I'm a little bit older now. I have to act a little better, but I kind of don't want to. Right. Well, yeah, that's that's actually that's actually a really good way to put it because it's like like I'm realizing I'm becoming an adult, but but also like who decides what how an adult should act? Exactly. You know? Yeah. And uh there's the other one, what's it called? It's it's barely a, a, the it's at the end I think it's the um Savior Complex also is like really good That's one. That's the one I put feels like a Beatles song. Yeah. But it's like it's like Beatles meet I wanna say like Johnny Mitchell maybe. Just like it just reminds me. I feel like Johnny Mitchell could have written this song. I, feel I can like see that. I might be. T- yeah. Yeah. It's like. Well, and, and I liked um, to, to, to skip around a little more. Uh, Graceland 2. Oh, the country one. Yeah. I, I always confuse that one. I see you. I see you. Yeah. I think I'm confusing. I see you. Yeah. Well, Graceland 2 is really cool.
Graceland too is a it's, it's got harmonies in it with uh with, with several background singers and I don't know who they are but but the the harmonies with Phoebe Bridgers sound sound wonderful and it's it's got a banjo in there and just the the song yeah. is is nice it, you I could hear that on uh, you know the Grand Ole Opry stage. I'm asking for it if they do doesn't know what she Yeah, no, it's like, yeah, right. And the ending, the kind of like whatever she wants, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it just keeps repeating that part. Like it's like, yeah, uh, and 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 also the uh, I read about um, on Garden Song, um, the the lower octave voice. Yeah, that little haunting side uh, voice that she says. That's like that's like her like, I think it's 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 somebody that 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 works with her on tour like it, i think it was like her stage oh, really? deck or like something like that and that she came to her producers like hey listen i want this guy to like sing on on my song and and tony burke the producer is like oh is he a singer it's like nope but i really like his voice <laughs> <laughs> but it's always nice having the uh because there's a there's again it's it's the type of thing where like like for example if, if somebody would have asked me hey like i want a, a lower octave voice I would just do it on my computer, like like digitally. Yeah. Uh, and she was just like, no, I want this by an actual human that can sing that lower octave. And it's just like, ugh, you know, there, there's nothing He's that... He's got that lurch sort of you know, yeah. voice to him, yeah. Yeah. And I'm not trying to insult him, whoever he is, but it, that with with her very unique high voice and his, you know, that, that's a, quite the contrast. Yeah, yeah. Funny enough, it actually reminds me to the that eighth episode of Twin Peaks where like I am the water, oh, yeah. I am the you know, <laughs> you know that that kind of thing. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the uh, the album does end very strongly though with with so you got ICU, Graceland two, and then I know the end, and the, I think those three are, are a strong ending. But you had to go. Like a wave that crashed and melted on the shore. Yeah, and again, like I said, the 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 last song to me, it's just, it's very, it's very cathartic, and the ending where which is just like, it's kind of two songs. Yeah, but the the ending where she's just like, it's like I don't know if, if that's supposed to be funny or that's supposed to be scary, but but it's like <laughs> I read that know? she was inspired by kind of uh, My Chemical Romance. And the, and the black parade oh. and she she just wanted to end on a on a screen <laughs> and then and build around that scream and it and it works a friend of mine who's a fan of this album he sent me the uh, her SNL performance of that song. And that was oh, interesting. Right. I mean, seeing her scream it yeah. live and then smash her guitar. And smash her guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah she also did that for, well, uh, sorry, she played that song on the, uh, I think she it was like an NPR kind of thing. I, li I like that um, it starts with, I think they're in the Oval Office. The, the show starts that they're in the Oval Office. But it's all like green screen, obviously, and and um, but when they go to I know the end, they kind of like, like took off the green screen, and you kind of see the realness oh, of the space where yeah. they are. So it's, it kind of starts like you know, the 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 show the show starts like, you know, this false reality, and then it becomes more and more real, like, and raw. That makes sense. And I love that chaotic ending though. You got like mariachi horns and all kinds of craziness going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. I would have never thought of that. Like, it's like you know what would be cool? Like, mariachi trumpets. That's what we need, you know? When you listened to this album first, did it influence anything that you were working on at the time? Um, I think it still influences yeah. me. Like, it's it's one of my, my you know, I always try to, to um, I forgot who said this, but like, you know, I think it was Stravinsky that, that a good artist, like, like borrows and a great artist steals or a great artist comes from stealing or you know, I know the I know the singer. Yeah. Um yeah. so like 
it's not really that that I'm like I'm gonna get I'm gonna steal parts from this, but it's more like like we were saying like the, that Tom Waits vibe. Like I'm always like, how do you how do you do that? How do you create that like eerie murky vibe or or like because there's also it, it and maybe I'm completely wrong, but but there's a bunch of sounds in this album that really seems like it's wood like just like what's the word in english um when the when wood uh creaks is that is that a word yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. wood creak yep yeah yeah um uh, and i'm always like how do you like i want to like i want to add something like that to something i'm working on you know like that kind of but it's more the vibe and the and the feeling like than than actually like listening to parts even sometimes like i'll I, I I would say like oh yeah like you know like Punisher and but I I wouldn't listen to the song or the album I would just be like just the vibe just and I won't I consciously won't play the song so we're not like actually listening what they're doing but more like what feeling I I had I have in my head for it. So for and this is just my not knowing the business and what happens in the booth, but like when when someone brings a song like that when the when the artist wants this. Does the the engineer put put their imprint on it, or is it kind of reverse? Like like how does a uh, you know you've worked on many albums, you know how does a how does a, a song like that develop? Um, I I think it depends. I think it's always a a I think the most important part of some of you know of creating music is you know trust, like trusting the artist has to trust you, and and you have to trust the artist and and understand the process. Um, I've been in, in many different positions. You know, when I was starting, it's more like you're there to like, they just want to record vocals and that's kind of it. Or they like, hey, like we're recording drums for this thing. I realized like a long time ago that I can't just do that because I, be I become so like invested in the things that I work on. So it's more like, okay, so like we recorded drums, but like, hey, like I, I, I was hearing, I have an idea in my head because, you know, you did that. So like, or sometimes like nowadays, what I, like if I just hear something, I just go for it. Like, I'll just like, hey, like, you know, while you guys were on break, I like, I was hearing this. So like, see if you guys like it. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Like, like sometimes I'm like, aha, this is going to be super cool. And then like I play for somebody and it's like, eh. <laughs> Or, or sometimes, like, like for example, I was, I was, we were writing a song, like a few, this artist from Colombia, um, a few weeks ago, and she was saying, like, I want to make like Colombian R&B, and and you know, in my head, it's like I have no idea what that means, but what if we literally put like Colombian percussion into like an R&B song, like very literally. Uh, and we did that. <laughs> and I was like, and she was like, oh my God, like, you know, something as simple as that, but it's something that when you do it, it's like, for some people might seem like, this is like, how do you come up with this? And I said, like, well, you literally said Colombian and, and Arabi. <laughs> do you, uh, and, and we're getting into, uh, into your field now, but like, does, do you have time to do that kind of stuff? Like, are you guys usually on a deadline in the booth or do you have time to, to, to try new things and sample and, and get more creative. Um, I I am on the I I like to have deadlines. Most of the people I I admire or and some I think most of my mentors they they're all like you know they just kind of go for it. Like it's very it's a it's very instinct based, and I feel like I really work like that. I I don't I don't know. I mean, there's there's time for for experimenting but i feel like just kind of like like try something on the spot and if it doesn't work we just move away from it there's there's been a few albums where where there's a, a little of preparation like a little like okay like we we we're gonna spend like a day or a week collecting sounds but i mean that's very cool it's it's fun and, and it's cool doing it but i get bored very fast because because <laughs> it seems like because suddenly something like making music becomes like a chore or like, okay, like it's like, or a scientist, it's okay, we're collecting yeah. sounds and then we'll do music. I'm like, in my head, it's more like, well, I should just be doing music right now rather than yeah. like mo most of the time to me, it's like very instinct. Like it's, it's kind of like we're there and I'll just go for it or, and, and I mean, and sometimes it works like there, there's a lot of trial and error. Um, also, I, uh, 
I was trying to remember who it was, but um, I, I read that um, Nigel Godrich from like from Radiohead. I would you would think that they would spend like weeks and years working on songs, but they actually work on a song a day, which blew hmm. my mind. So I was yeah. like, okay, like like that's what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we discussed the Radiohead song uh, album in Rainbows, and that's, oh. and that's a very yeah. complex album. Uh, I couldn't imagine them just putting, together, you know, working on a single song all at once with all the things that were going all through that album. Yeah, no, in Rainbows, they didn't actually, this studio just closed down in, in LA, but uh, United recruiting in Hollywood. Um, but they did that and, and I was reading an interview. I was like, yeah, we like work on a song for like a day and he'll mix it and also in like a day or two and then they'll move on. That's That's the other thing though. And I think this is very important. If you're on this creative mode, like working, on one song specifically until it's done. I think that's very important rather than working on like three separate songs in the same day. Like to me, uh, that's, it's like too like schizophrenic. That actually was a question I had for you. Uh, <laughs> it was when, when it all falls to you to like, you know, next phase of the, of an album, do you do just one song to completion or do you work multiple tracks, you know, as, as the, as the ideas come and go? I well, it's it's um like I was saying, it's like I I like get super focused in like one track and then work in it, and then you know if I if I'm if I'm like okay I don't know like I need to take a break or where I feel like something is done, I'll just move to the other thing uh, or to another song. Um, but yeah, like like there's been a few times where I have to like work on more than one song in a day or or you know or or have to be very creative and or try to be very creative in some songs and it's just like there's like this little voice in, in my in my in the back of my head saying like hey but you haven't finished this one like <laughs> you know and and i have this i realized uh, i was talking with a friend the other day who came to my studio and he was telling me like wow you're like because we we started work we started making music at like let's say like 10 a.m and i was still doing stuff at like 11 p.m and he's like like you're insane <laughs> like how do you still like how do you still have this like stamina to keep to keep like making music and being creative? It's like yeah, but you know I finish one song and it's like okay, like you kind of flush out all those ideas and then you move to the other one and it's like kind of like a, a blank slate for me. I thought that that way of working was that's how everyone would work, but <laughs> apparently it's not. <laughs> I, I mean to compare it to my corporate world with with for the day job with my project management, you know, that's, you can't do that. You, you can't just focus right. on one thing. You have to have multiple streams going at, at once or you don't meet any deadline. Right. That is, that is true. Um, yeah, it's, um, I, I, I mean, and probably you, you know, you'll talk to other people and they're like, Oh no, I need to have like different things. So everything kind of, you know, but that's the beauty of it. You know, there's no, there's not, right or wrong answer for any of that. Oh, yeah. It's really like, yeah. you know, it's really, um, you know, it really depends on the person. Well, what was it like to work on a Grammy winning album? It was, it was very surreal, especially because it was, it came, I, I worked on it in a very like, okay, so this is, this is how, this is how I got in, in, in into that project with Juanes. Um, literally like a week before we started recording. I get a call um, from the producer, Sebastian Chris, who's, you know, a longtime friend and, and we've worked together on a bunch of albums now, but he's like, Hey, like I'm working on an album. It's for Juanes. Uh, it's going to be here in LA. Do you want to be a part of it? It's like, Oh yeah, of course. Absolutely. It's like, okay, well next week, like come Monday, 9am at um, Sunset Sound Studio 2. And it's, 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 it's a very iconic studio. Like, you know, that's that's mm. the last time the Beatles were like in the same room making music. Um, oh. I think I think they did. They did a few mixes for Led Zeppelin there, but I don't think they they I think they finally just released those versions. Um, I think the Doors also played. You know, it's it's a very iconic studio in L.A. And, you know, it's like I grew up listening to Juanes when I was you know, primary school or. So in my mind, it's like, oh, right. Like this superstar, it's obvious. And he lives in Miami. So it's like, this superstar is not going to come to the studio, right? Because he's a superstar. And why would he come to LA to, you know, record? And we were recording the, the, the initial like, like rhythm sections and some, and some keyboards. It was like drum, bass, and some keyboards. 
and I think some guitars, but I, I think he re-recorded the guitars back in Miami. So, you know, I get there and then like Juanes is there. <laughs> like he's, he's like the first person in the studio. And I'm like, hi, you're Juanes. And, you know, I was like, I have no idea. Like, okay. And he's like, he's like this, the most like down to earth, like really he's always looking to make like the best music he can do, like, which is, it's very inspiring, you know, like, you know, having, I think he's the, the third or, or second, like Latin artist with the most Latin Grammys. I think I might be wrong, but he has like 30 something like it's, oh, wow. it's or, or 20 something. It's surreal. Like, and he, he, he was just, uh, he had just gotten, when I met him, he has just gotten the person of the year, like Latin Grammy award, which is like, you know, it's like, it's surreal. So I was like, oh my God, you're here. And it was such a, like, it was such an interesting thing because for that album, we were trying to achieve, you know, Origen is, is an, it's an album that, that it, it's basically the music that Juan is would listen to when he was starting his career so it, it's a bunch of different songs that mm -hmm. we like turn into we wanted we made it into more like a fun is which i butchered the title of that album earlier oh yeah 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 um i just read it as origins so <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah li yeah literally yeah yeah um so it was it was like really interesting because like there's a there's a song um that it's very like Colombian. It's super Colombian. There's a few songs that are very Colombian. So it's like, okay, like, because Juan, Juanes is famous for being like a rock guy that, that, but with like Colombian, mm -hmm. like rhythms. So it was like, okay, this is already Colombian. So let's make it really into like, for example, music from Cali that's like kind of like salsa. Gotcha. Um, it's like, how do, like, let's grab like a salsa, like melody and play with like a distorted guitar. <laughs> he's an artist that I had heard of, but I couldn't tell you anything about him because it, it was never something that was put in front of me. Right. Yeah, but he, he's just like, he's been doing a lot and he's like, I, again, he's probably one of the most prolific artists in, in Latin America as a, as a whole, mm -hmm. you know, which, which, which is insane because now I, I, you know, I work on Arija with him. Oh, I, so yeah. I listened to a couple songs off the album, the, the, the ones that jumped out at me, like Dancing in the Dark and, uh, you know, This Could Be Love. Oh. And, and, and you know, if I had to compare, I'd say a Santana feel to it. Yeah, and and he he has such a remarkable like, like the way he plays the guitar is very Juanes. Like mm -hmm. there, it's really like, it was a unique sound. Yeah, yeah. It's like, but it's like Santana. You hear like Santana playing two notes. It's like that's Santana. Exactly. Like it's like it's it's never like, oh, I wonder who that is. Or it's more like no, that's it's like that's Santana. That's Juanes. And and now like finally. Um, we were we're working on his new album and and there's two songs that had come out um in the past uh, few months like Greece which is one of my favorite ones just came out um i think 2 weeks ago and i'm i'm so excited about it <laughs> you worked on on both those yeah 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 i worked i worked on the new album which is it's all, it's, it's is this uh, uh, originals yeah this one's originals yeah Excellent. yeah uh, yeah and th that's going to be also exciting uh but it's it's also really cool because i started with juanes um on that week where, where we were recording drums bass and keyboards um i started as a as a recording engineer and it was more like i was kind of there to you know i was like the new guy i was like you know i was you know and there were like the musicians were like pete thomas who's the drummer for elvis costello carlitos del puerto who's a bass player that plays uh well he played with chick Corea for years until he passed away and and Roger Manning who's a keyboard player for back so it was like oh that's cool it was like all this all-star like music and Juan is playing guitar but it's it was you know this all-star like musicians and and me I was like hi and well Sebastian <laughs> and Sebastian the producer uh who's like you know a 20-time Grammy Award winner so it's just like you know that's good company I, yeah 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 you know it was great spending the week with them but I was you know like my the first week not knowing what's going on and it's like well, what, what, what am I doing here? Like, who is like, what, you know? Uh, and now like, and you know, it's like, I just, we, you know, I kept growing my relationship with, with Sebastian and with Juan and, and, you know, now I'm like mixing now I'm like, I'm mixing cause I mix, I mixed, um, I co-mix with Sebastian, the, the new album. And it's just, for me, it's very surreal and humbling to like be working with one of the, one of the artists I like grew up 
like listening to. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, no, it's it's like I still don't be like you know like he'll call me asking for you know I was like hey like I want to do this I'm like oh my god you know my name like what not just live in the dream as far as a profession but also to work with you know your you know, musical inspirations and heroes that's pretty great yeah and also and also the thing that that it kind of like I, I I don't know if this will make sense but now listening to an artist that I really like but also having something to say about. Like now, I'm putting my opinion on yeah on, on like yeah, you okay got your, you got your own stamp out there. You've got you know, your own sound is is developing, and some someday someone will say, oh, that's right, that, right, that, that's a Vago track, right. So that's that's like that's the thing I was like, I and this just dawned on me like this year. I'm like, wait, oh my god, I think I'm getting to the because literally like when when this last Juana song came came out, um, a bunch of people were like, you totally worked on this. Like this is like this sounds like you, and I'm like, oh. Wow, this is this is exciting. That's that's never happened to me. That's kind of cool. Like I have a sound. Like that's cool. Yeah, I hope someday you know, you're up there with the you know the ranks of you know, Butch Vig and Rick Rubin and you know, right. your, all, all the all the great well known producers. You know, that's, yeah, you'll be there. Yeah, no, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully. I just, I just, I. Funny enough, you said Rick Rubin, but I, I'm reading. Um, he released the book, and I'm reading it right now, and it's really cool because a lot of things he says, I'm like. Yeah, that's that's what I do. Like that's you know, it's like I I really connect and like I feel like a bunch of stuff that he the way he thinks, I also think like that. So it's like, oh, I'm I'm not in the wrong pad. Okay, okay, that's cool. <laughs> so Punisher made the top of your list. What albums would have made your short list? So um, one of them was uh, it's a Radiohead album. It's where uh, Kid A comes. Wow, I'm terrible with names, but it's I think it's called the uh, Okay Computer. Okay, computer, yeah, yeah. Okay, computer was like that's the one with with paranoid Android on it. Yeah, that one, that one changed my life. Like that's really, like really, really changed the way I would think about music because because mm -hmm. it's it's like uh, you know it's like there's like it, the the structures are not this. It's not like verse chorus like verse chorus. It's more like it goes into like this like complex is the way I would describe that album. <laughs> yes. But also, you can listen. Like, it's not like it feels like a band. It's playing. You know, it's it's very like they're they're very cohesive. They they're they're yeah in, in sync through the whole thing. In in our previous Radiohead album, I I talked with that super fan Luke about how my love hate relationship with Radiohead. Uh, <laughs> when that came out, I was and still am a Pink Floyd super fan. Ah, that, that's that's ah. my group and. I was told that you must like Radiohead because you like Pink Floyd. So me in my teenage years, I was like, no, I refuse. <laughs> but now in my, you know, twilight years here, I, I, I've rediscovered Radiohead and, and that is an excellent album. It's no, it's, it's super cool. And, and to me, I was never, so my story with that album is that I was, I wasn't a Radiohead fan and, and I don't know why, like, I really don't know why, but, um, one of my friends was like, like you're really to listen to to this album. Okay, I'll give it a chance. And also, I think the way I was listening to it, I was still in college in Boston and I couldn't sleep. Like when I couldn't sleep, and I still do it, but I would like go outside and walk and just listen to music. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm just going to put this album, see if I like it. And, you know, I will just, usually I'll listen to something and, and you know, if I get back home, I'll just stop it and that night, I just like kept on walking, listening till I listened to the full album. That's cool. Because um, I was like, "Oh, wait, what?" Like, and, and it's so weird because, for example, the the first song, "Airbag," like it's such a like the bass comes in such weird places, and I was like, "What the hell is this?" Like, this is I. It's like an well, Paranoid Android also was like a big one. I was like obsessed with that song because, and well, Karma Police, like ah, it's it, it's just. It's a bunch of like, um, and there's a, that song that that has like the robotic voice, like you have to be like happier, fitter, like you know. It's mm -hmm. like what? And it's funny because like I don't know if they made it thinking about this, but but like you can listen to that in in any however old you are, and it still makes sense. You know, it's still you, you still connect. The other album was uh, Lizzie McAlpine's um, Five Seconds Flat. That's that one I'm familiar with. It's kind of it's similar in 
to Phoebe Bridgers in the sense that the lyrics like really got me. It's a very like raw album, but it's also very, it, it's kind of like a, I want to say it's, it's kind of like a breakup album. Okay. But, it, but it's very like, it, it's very, again, it's the same thing with Phoebe where it's sad, but also uplifting, you know? Okay. Um, and the songs are, you know, the, the arrangements and the production, it's super, it's amazing. Um, I've, I've, she released like a, 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 she made a small film with, with some of the songs and I was so excited and, and her voice is also amazing. You can really tell like it was like her and her producer just like making music for like, let's say a month or however they were working on it or a year. I don't know, but, but it's just a very like intimate kind of album. All right. Yeah. Okay. One last thing I wanted to ask you is, so you, you've done work on film. How, how did you get into doing work on Beauty and the Beast and La La Land? How'd that happen? <laughs> well, um, so when I moved to LA, I, I started as an intern at uh, this amazing studio called Eagle Music, who's, it's a studio in Burbank, California. And it's, it, it was interesting because um, I, I didn't know that at the time, but then I like my first week there, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, but, but everyone there was a Berkeley graduate. Even the owners of Berkeley, Berkeley out of Boston ended yeah. up in Burbank. Okay. Yeah. But like uh, this whole collection of like Berkeley grads working at the studio and all of them were from Berkeley. She so was like, oh, okay. And the studio owner, Gus Borner, Gustavo Borner, um, he, which he's also like a very prolific um, mixer and producer. You know, he's, I think he also has like 18 or 20 Grammys, like something like that. It's surreal. So his his thing was that he was like he literally, you know, he'll like produce and record like 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 this big like Latin pop albums, but then he'll also like mix movies like the soundtracks for the movies, and then he'll record voiceover like for Disney or like Netflix and things like that. So so that was like my first um, gig in LA, and you know just being there exposed to all these things. I was introduced to doing all that. So, you know, like Beauty and the Beast and Lala, and they, they were done there. And that's how I, um, you know, I, I got into that. And, and now, like, I'm, I'm, I just finished working um, on a musical, on a, the first Latin American uh, movie musical that's going to come out, I think, in like two weeks now. It's in like oh, April yeah. 7, I think. Uh, and this one, I'm, I'm a co-producer and a co-mixer for the, for the soundtrack. That's cool. Yeah, no, it's it's very cool, but it's it's like it's it's um you know I started with with Gus doing that, and then I it just kind of it's something that it's something that sometimes people will ask, hey, I'm looking for somebody that's that can work in this. Do you know anybody? And I'm like, I like I can do it. <laughs> uh, and and it's it's also fun because it's a different rhythm than than like I feel like making an album, for example, it's more like it's like sometimes it's like the artist and I like we're alone in a room working together for like a very short amount of time. Yeah. And a movie, it's like suddenly there's like all these departments, there's all these people involved, there's all these opinions, there are all this like like different things you have to like take in consideration. And it's a different rhythm also. Cause sometimes it's like, hey, like can you like make this change of the strings in like two hours? And it's like because we have a meeting and we need to show the producers <laughs> and it's like, oh my God. Okay. 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 Yeah. I can do you this. You said you like deadlines, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, but it's also the, the, the rush that I get from, from that. Like, oh, I bet that I really like, I get very excited. Like, it's like, you'll hear me complaining about like, oh my God, this is impossible. Like nobody will do it. But I'm like, oh, like, fuck yeah, I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a, I mean, that's gotta have a, be a, a rush to you. Cause like, not only is it, it's it's so unique to have that type of request to you, but it's like, yes, yes, I can do that. Yeah, that, yeah. You know, let me get right on that. Yeah, that's that's just cool to have that that, that talent, that skill behind the behind the question. That's great. Yeah, and, and I again, I get so excited, and I I feel like I'm the kind of person that that really tries to, you know, like I usually get the call of when everything's burning down and nothing's working. That's when. Like they call me and it's like, can you like please fix everything? Like, and and by six, it's like, okay, yeah, give me, let me think about it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, 
there was also another album actually that I was that I was gonna mention, which was um, it actually just came out like like not like like I think like a week ago, but I've been really listening to it, and it's called uh, Los Feliz, like Los Feliz, like uh, the neighborhood in in LA, okay, by by Marco Mares, which it's like it's it's so like simplistic that like the production is very minimal and it's mostly vocals like the whole thing it's like like literally you can take everything and the vocals they just stand on their own mm -hmm. and that album is like it's really really cool that's one i've never heard of so yeah <laughs> that, that's a new one for me it literally came out like a week or two weeks ago um but gotcha. but I, I that that's been one that's been on on repeat on my uh my listening session all right, well, I think we're uh, pretty much out of time here. So, Vago, uh, I'd like to thank you for your time today. It was a pleasure to sit and talk to you about Punisher from B.B. Bridges. Woo! Yeah, I was, you know, it's always exciting talking about music I love. <laughs> I'd like to thank you for listening to Music Rewind, a podcast from the Sidereal Media Group. If you enjoyed today's episode, there are many ways to help the show, such as our Patreon or affiliate links in the show notes. The easiest way, though, is to give the show a rating or comment wherever you listen. We really do appreciate it. Thank you again, and as I always say, listen to the full album. Until next time. A podcast from the Sidereal Media Group. Back to you, anchors.